0: Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You know it's interesting. They, they people will say, "You know, I, I don't mean to belittle your problems. I don't. I don't want to sound. I don't want to sound insensitive and 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 belittle your problems." <laughs> but when I come to church. And I begin to magnify the Lord. Magnify the Lord with me. See, what, what, what we do when we worship and we praise like what we were just doing, we're magnifying the Lord. See, not, not in His totality. We can't make Him any bigger. Well, we are magnifying Him in our perception of who He is. And so when he becomes bigger in my perception, my problems instantly become smaller in my life. I want the devil to know he's not as big as he thinks he is. My problems aren't as big as they think they are. As I draw closer to God through worship, I get a real sense of how small my problems really are. There is no giant too big for my God. There is no valley too deep for my God. There is no storm too ferocious for my God. <laughs> my God is great and greatly to be praised. I want to read just a verse of Scripture in Isaiah 43 from a familiar passage, Amen. man that I can't seem to shake off of me today as I have tried because I felt like I, I felt like I had a good sermon, and so the Lord said, "No." I'll preach it later. Just follow the Holy Ghost tonight. Amen. It is such a joy to be with you again. Amen. I look forward to the remainder of this service as well as Tuesday and Wednesday. And thank you so much, Brother Urshan and Brother Sizemore. Thank you. I give you honor tonight for allowing my family to be with you. Man, it's just good to be with the people of God. Amen. 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 And I give honor to, real quick. Uh, The the first ladies here, Sister Urshan and Sister Sizemore, they are amazing, apostolic women of God. Amen. I give honor to them. Amen, amen, amen. In Isaiah 43, um, because I know you're ready to sit down. So I'll just read. I'll just read one verse, verse 19. It's a very familiar verse feel it in my spirit here tonight. God is speaking through the prophet Isaiah, and he tells him, behold, I will. Somebody say, he will. Yeah, he will. When God says, I will, there is nothing that can stop him from doing what he's going to do. I will do a new thing. Somebody say, now. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. talked to you yesterday about looking unto Jesus, and I brought up that old song, "Look what the Lord has done." I'm just going to use the title tonight, I guess, and I'm going to preach to you on the subject. look. What the Lord is doing. Look what the Lord is doing. Would you just close your eyes? And as you close your eyes, would you in somehow in the the mind of faith? Would you open the eyes of your spirit and would you just pray with me and say, God, I want to see what you're doing. I want to see what you are doing. I want to hear what you are speaking. I want to know what you are doing in this hour in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't let me be left behind. Don't let me miss what you are doing in this hour. Don't let me be oblivious to what you are doing in this hour. I want to see it. I want to hear it I want to be the vessel of your spirit in Jesus' name. Everybody with me say, in Jesus' name. You may be seated tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. The word variable means that something is subject to change. Just about everything we do in life is a variable. It is subject to change. Especially with the society, the direction of our society is going. They have made things that weren't meant to change a variable. Subject to change. They have made gender variable. They have made marriage variable. (laughs) They have made commitments and covenants and promise a variable. Things that should not be subject to change. They have made them subject to change. But God is not a variable. God is not subject to change. He cannot change. There is no shadow of turning in Him. God speaks through the prophet Isaiah in chapter 43 and verse 15. And God establishes the universal eternal truth. When He says, I am the Lord, your holy 1 I am the Lord. Now when he establishes I am the Lord, he's not trying to be captain obvious and state what you already know. What really he's doing when he's saying I am the Lord, he is stating the truth that I'm in charge. <laughs> I am in charge here. And I am your holy one, or at least I ought to be. <laughs> Your holy one. I am the creator of Israel. Your king. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Which maketh a way in the sea. He makes a way in the sea. And a path in the mighty waters. There should be just an amen right there. I'm not requiring anybody to dance on that. You you can dance if you want to. Don't do it for my affirmation. But there should be an amen right there because what he's establishing is, is that he makes a way where there seems to be no way. And everybody in here is a living testimony of the way maker. You are the one who was in the sea. You are the one who was in the mighty waters. Uh, you were the one who was in darkness. Uh, you were the one who was in sin. Uh, but Jesus made a way where there seems to be no way. When he gets into verse 17, he begins to do what prophecy does. Prophecy reflects the past. To forecast the future. Most prophecies you'll find they reach into the past using elements of their yesterday to speak of what's about to happen tomorrow. And in verse 17, he does this by referencing the deliverance of the Israelites out of Egypt into the promised land. And he says, I bring forth the chariot and the horse, the army and the power. They shall lie down together. They shall not rise. They are extinct. I have yet to look up that word in the Hebrew because I kind of just feel like I don't need to. I think I know what extinct means. It means it doesn't exist anymore. He says your enemy of yesterday doesn't exist anymore. They are quenched as toe. That's why verse 18 is here. He says, remember ye not the former things, nor consider the things of old. He says, why would you waste your time fretting over the memory, over something that doesn't even exist anymore? It's in my blood. It's under the name. You are blood washed. You are justified. You are sanctified. What are you doing, letting something from your yesterday hinder your today? He says it's not just broken, it's extinct. Then he says, behold, I will do a new thing. Because it's not enough just to bring you out of your bondage. It's not enough just to destroy your enemy. It's not enough to bring you out of Egypt. I didn't just bring you out of Egypt so you could sit on a pew and clap your hands and say, look what the Lord has done. I didn't bring you to church. I didn't die on a cross and resurrect myself and fill you with my spirit. So you could just say, look what the Lord has done. I want to do something now. I'm ready to do a new thing now. I didn't just bring you out of it. Ah, have you ever realized that we as a people, we, we we tend to have faith for yesterday and faith for tomorrow. <laughs> but we forget about the faith for today. Now, I've got to be very careful. I'm going to be on <laughs> thin eggshells, <laughs> thin ice, eggshells, put them together. you got thin eggshells. I'm going to be on both right now, okay? Uh, here's why. And, and And so let me preface for about... Let me give a 30-minute preface so I can give a 30-second statement, and you won't throw me out on Monday night. I believe in the concept, the best is yet to come. Pastor said it yesterday, and I shouted with all of you. I believe in the concept, the best is yet to come. I love that concept that no matter what happens today, <laughs> man, I could be slap out, drunk in the Holy Ghost, have everything healed, delivered, set free, bills paid off, and all the rest, and still say the best is yet to come. Because Isaiah said, and of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. So no matter how much, how much water God gives you today, you can still say the best is yet to come. No matter how much anointing He pours upon you today, you can still say the best is yet to come. However, (laughs) there it is. There's some people that use that concept in the wrong sense, as a crutch, as a cop-out for why we can't have it today. Well, we can't have it today because it's yet to come. Well, we can't have the revival today because the latter rain's going to be tomorrow. We can't have it today because of, uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, good revival, right? <laughs> I just squashed everything that you've been believing. See, you remember Martha? Martha's brother had died, and Jesus shows up late. In fact, Jesus said, "Lazarus is dead," and I'm glad. I'm glad I wasn't there. I'm glad I'm late. I'm glad I didn't show up two weeks ago with it when the diagnosis came. And I could have said, oh, he's diagnosed. No more. She's, oh, man. What time is it? 7.59. Okay. Well, I'm on central time, so it's 6.59. So that gives me an extra hour. And my wife is from Portland, so that's three more hours. Man, I'm ready. I'm just walking in the Holy Ghost for a little bit, all right? Did you know that sometimes a repaired problem brings more revelation than a prevented problem? I'm going to say it one more time. A repaired problem can bring greater revelation than a prevented problem. How much revelation is there when God prevents something from happening? Not very much, if any. When's the last time you got home or got to the Walmart or got to Skyline Chili and said, Hey, before I order my chili dog, let me give God a little praise break for preventing the wreck I didn't get into. You got home and you said, Hold on now. Before I go to bed, let me give God a little run in the aisles in my house uh, for God preventing that person from running that red light. There's not much revelation in a prevented problem, which is oftentimes why God can seemingly show up late in our time, in our expectation. And God says, I'm about to bring a greater revelation of who I am when it seemingly backfires in your face. And Martha shows up and says... Watch, watch her faith. If you had been here. I had faith for yesterday. If you had been here, my brother would have been all right. Now, you got to be careful. Got to be careful when you read someone's words because you might take it for face value. She says the words, but even now I know. But she doesn't believe that in her heart. She's just giving Jesus lip service. She's just singing in the choir. She says, if you had been here, he would have been all right. But even now I know. And Jesus says, oh, I'm glad you believe for now because he's going to be all right. He's going to be resurrected. And she reveals her real faith by saying, oh, I know he's going to be resurrected. On the day of resurrection to come. In the end. In the rapture. Tomorrow. In the future. She said, if you had been here yesterday... I have faith for your yesterday power. I have faith for your future power. But I just don't know about this now thing. And Jesus says, open your eyes, Martha, and take a good look at who I am. He didn't say, I was. He didn't say, I will be. He said, Martha, I am the resurrection. Oh, we know you were and we know you will be. But Jesus said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. And though he were dead, yet shall he live. What we need in 2021 uh, more than just a good revival, we need our eyes to be opened uh, to see uh, what God wants to do uh, right uh, now. I don't know what I gave all of the media team, Brother Zach. Where are you? Are you up there? Brother Zach, what sickle? What's your last name? Cream, cream liner, creamy. I'm sorry I didn't give you all these. Ver- I gave him more verses, and he knows what to do with. And I'm probably going to use some I didn't give him. But in Romans chapter four, Paul says in verse 17 that God spoke to Abraham, who was brother. He was Abram at this time, and he spoke to him, and he said, "As it is written, watch what God said to Abram, who had no kids." Watch what he said to him. I have made thee a father of many nations. Sounds like a liar to me. He ain't got no kids. And the Bible, if you continue reading, it says that I have made you a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth or makes alive the dead. And calleth those things which be not as though they were. If you did that, you'd be a liar if i said it's snowing outside and it ain't snowing i'm a liar if i call those things that are as though they uh, uh, call those things that are not as though they were i'd be a liar but let every man be a liar and god be true the bible says here that he called those things which be not as though they were watch the response of abram he says it says who against hope abram he believed in hope that he might become the Father of many nations. Now, this is this is the difficulty. This is what this, when Jesus, who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, who sits on a throne outside of time, it's a little bit easier for Him to say, "This is what you are." <laughs> See, there's a there's a difference in the prophetic and the proleptic. Okay, uh, I learned this at your college, Brother Urshan. <laughs> I went to Urshan Graduate School of Theology and, and I, I spent four years getting a master's degree. Thank you for that degree. And, and I learned one thing, all right? There's a difference in the prophetic and the proleptic. See, the prophetic is, let me use somebody that, that wants, that would love some money. Okay, you'd love some money. What's your name? Gavin. Would you like some money? We got pounded first, but don't leave me hanging, the guy that was about to give you a word here. See, if I were to prophesy to him and say, Gavin, how old are you now? 14. Fourteen. Gavin, I have a prophecy. When you are 18, you will have a million dollars. You ain't going to run the house. No, I'm just kidding. Stay right there. That's prophecy. Speaking of future things in the future tense, when, that they will come to pass. Proleptic is speech, speaking of future things as if they've already happened. You ready, Gavin? You have a million dollars right now. <laughs> Here's the problem. Go check your bank account. That's the problem, isn't it? God says, you have a million dollars right now. And I say, come on, let's go. I drive over to Bank of America, and I look, and it says, insufficient funds. Still in debt. Still owe. I go check all of my PIMs, that I still owe. And I'm still getting letters from Global Missions. You still owe. And all these things. And I, Y'all don't know anything about that, do you? Y'all never been in debt to global missions? <laughs> Maybe your pledges haven't been enough. I don't know. No, I'm kidding with y'all. I know how it is to fill up the Spirit, and you think, man, we got to give a million dollars. And the Spirit leads you, and you think, a million. What was I saying? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and they're calling you every day. Where's that money? <laughs> I, I, good question. I'm looking for it, too. <laughs> Call God. He's the one that told me this. <laughs> See, here's the problem. When God tells you what you are, and then you check yourself in the mirror. Watch, 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 what, uh, watch what Abraham did. It says, who against hope, uh, he believed in hope. That he might become, that his bank account might show what God said was already there. Whew. That's the difficulty, isn't it? See, you remember when, uh, I'm going to get back to Romans 4 and the other 112 verses I got here in a second. But remember when Jesus, he told them, he said, get to Jerusalem. He said, in fact, he said, do not depart. But do what? Wait. It's a four-letter word, isn't it? Wait. He said, don't depart, but wait. That's the hard part, isn't it? Most people depart in the process of the wait. (laughs) Most people leave because it hasn't happened yet. They had been waiting for centuries. And he says, Keep on waiting, but don't depart. Who's God talking to right now? I know you've been waiting. But wait just a little longer. That's why 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 2 says this. In the NLT, it says it like this. At just the right time, I heard you. 2 Corinthians 6, 2. At just the right time, I heard you. He says, behold, now is the right time. Behold, now is your day. Of salvation. I feel a prophetic anointing right now to let somebody know uh, the wait is over. I'm not going to hype you up. I'm not going to reach for your emotions. I'm just going to tell you like I feel it. The wait is over. You've been waiting. You've been tarrying. You've been lingering. The Lord sent me to say, get up out of that grave because the wait is over. I heard you. I heard your prayer at just the right time. And here I come. I'm about to spring forth. I will do a new thing. I want somebody just take a moment and lift up your hands. Uh, Pastor Urshan, Pastor Sizemore, I feel the anointing of God to just speak uh, a prophetic word right now. Uh, it's happening right now. Uh, the thing that you've been waiting for, uh, get ready. Uh, it's happening now. Uh, now, uh, open your eyes. Uh, open your heart. Uh, lift up your eyes uh, and see the help uh, right now chains are broken uh, right now shackles are loosed uh, right now yokes of bondage are destroyed uh, right now walls of Jericho uh, are coming down uh, right right now Well, all right, let's go a little further. Uh, Jesus' name. Scripture says of Abraham that he was not weak in faith, nor did he consider his own body now dead. His reproductive ability... Watch this. His ability to produce what God had spoken he already was, was dead. Isn't that amazing? It's just like God. I'm going to wait until you can't do it anymore. And then I'll show up and say, you're about to do it. It says he considered his own body that was dead. He he did not consider. In other words, he said, I I ain't going to let my own body be my excuse. Nor the deadness of Sarah's womb, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. I wonder if I'm speaking to any persuaded Pentecostals here tonight. I wonder if I'm speaking to anybody that can run the aisle, not because he's performed it, but because he's promised it. I wonder if there's anybody that can dance, not because I see it, but because he spoke it. If he spoke it, get ready. If he promised it, get ready. (laughs) Ah, <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean, but I just want to warn somebody. Uh, don't you become the Michael hanging out the window, uh, ridiculing David's praise. Uh, don't you become the critic uh, that might ridicule somebody's praise uh, and criticize them. What have they got to dance for? I'll tell you what I got to dance for. He said, 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 he spoke, uh, he spoke. I got something to dance about uh, because in the beginning uh, was the Word uh, and the Word was with God uh, and the Word was God uh, and the Word and the Word became flesh. Somebody lift up your voice for just a moment. Uh, Somebody make a joyful noise. Somebody bless His holy name. Uh, I got something to sing about. I got something to shout about. I got something to rejoice about. Brother Enos, I remember I remember several years ago, right after I met you and your wife, eight or nine years ago, right after I met Brother and Sister Enos over in Austria, I went over to Nuremberg, Germany. Man, I could take a whole revival telling the stories that happened in Nuremberg that we, they hadn't seen. The pastor told me, he said, we haven't seen even one person come to the altar in nearly ten years just come to the altar when I showed up to the hotel I'd never seen this before or after or since something like this when I showed up to the hotel I knew there was something there greeting me and it wasn't an angel it was a fallen angel I I didn't see anything at first and I went out to eat and I came back and I could feel it again you ever walked into a place you said, man I'm not alone in this place and I could feel it so I opened my Bible I got my phone And I turned on some good Lee Stoneking preaching. I thought, that devil can't sit around with him preaching. (laughs) And and I opened my Bible, and he's preaching, and I'm praying and reading. I'm like got the trifecta going, man. And literally, I just felt a whoosh. And when I felt that, I looked up, and I could see this, this demonic spirit manifesting himself at the foot of my bed. And he didn't say anything, but he was grinning from ear to ear just going like this. And I don't know how, but I didn't hear him speak, but I knew what he was saying to me. And he was saying, you won't have revival here. I rule this city. I've been here longer than you. And it kind of just came to me, wait, wait, wait. If your superiority is about your time, I know one who's been here longer than you. Now, I wish I could tell you that I was just some great evangelist, just stood up and knocked him out. But I was scared. You go ahead and laugh at me, macho men out there. I don't care how strong you are. You see a devil like that, you will jump out of your Scooby-Doo pajamas. You will come out of them grave clothes. Say, what in God's name? Oh, I'm tough now. Yeah, wait till you see something like this. So I stood up and I went to do what I thought I was supposed to do, rebuke him. The Lord spoke to me and said, do not rebuke him. Do not rebuke him. For there's things in your heart that I have ought against you. He said, if you try to rebuke him with debris in your spirit, he will latch himself onto you. He said, repent first. I'm thinking, repent? I've never seen a devil flee from repentance. And then I thought, wait, the Bible says, submit yourself, therefore, to God. Then what? Resist the devil. i got to submit to God. we got people who are backsliding because they're trying to fight devils without the submission to God. It's what happened in 1 Samuel when they tried to fight the Philistines without the Ark of the Covenant. Then they brought the Ark of the Covenant in and lost over 30,000 people because they weren't submitted to the Ark. Some people try to shout with a voice of triumph before they walk with a heart of submission. I say that again. Some people try to shout with a voice of triumph before they walk. With the heart of submission. The power is not in your shout. It wasn't the shout that brought the walls of Jericho down. They had been walking for 40 years. And then seven days around that nation. It was their walk that empowered their shout. I'm in the Holy Ghost. Why are there people that shout on Sunday? But then walk in their own ways on Monday. Because the power is not in your Sunday shout. It's in your daily walk. Watch this. I'm in the Holy Ghost, so I'm going to stay in it. In Galatians 5, Paul says, you ran well. But what hindered you? You went back to who you used to be. You ran well. You ran the aisles. You climbed the mountain on Sunday night. You had the revival. You ran well, but you went back to who you used to be. So a few verses later he says, So I say this: walk in the spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. I feel the Holy Ghost. I can feel the Holy Ghost reaching over me to somebody right now saying, I want you to walk with me. I want you to walk with me. Because if you'll walk with me, I'll bring you to a place that is beyond your imagination. I want you to walk with me. Because if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. I didn't take but just a few moments, and I repented. I said, God, I don't know what's there. I don't have time to think through the encyclopedia of my failures. But, God, whatever is wrong in my heart, whatever is dark in my heart, whatever debris is in my heart, God, rid me from it. I submit myself to you. I repent of my sins, God. Make me clean again, God. And all of a sudden, I felt what Paul said to Timothy. I felt the Holy Ghost stir up in me. See, it's in that verse Where he says, stir up the gift of God in you. He says, for God has not given you the spirit of fear, but he's given you power, love, and a sound mind. And when I repented for just a moment and I felt the Holy Ghost just go, all of a sudden the fear left. And I looked that demon right in the eyes and I said, get out of here. In Jesus name, that thing just disappeared out of the out of the room. And on that Sunday morning, we had nearly 20 people receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. Just lift your hands for a moment. I feel such a ministering spirit of the Lord right now reaching for somebody uh, saying, Walk with me, Uh, walk with me, Uh, walk with me. Uh, Know me in the fellowship of my suffering, uh, and I'll show you the power of my resurrection. Uh, This one thing have I desired uh, that I could dwell in the secret uh, of his house uh, of his tabernacle of his presence uh, of his power uh, in his relationship uh, that i could dwell in his place <laughs> come on somebody just seek after him for a moment uh, i feel such a pressing in of the holy ghost <laughs> That's why I feel in my spirit. I'm not going to preach the rest of this right now. That's why I feel in my spirit. Can you put up Isaiah 43 and 19? God is very clear about what is not subject to change. He says, Behold, I will, I will do a new thing. Now Somebody say that now. now. Say it again with authority. Now. now it shall spring forth. But the variable in the sentence of the prophecy is, shall you not know it? I will do it. The question is, will you see it? I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. The question is, will you be my vessel that I can use to flow through? I will. I will use your children to prophesy. I will give dreams to your elders. I will give visions to your young people. The question is will you know it or not Right now I feel the love of Jesus reaching for somebody saying it's you I have chosen It's you I have called It's you I have plucked out of this world for husotorab. It is you that I called out of darkness into my marvelous light. Uh, that she would show forth the praises of me. Uh, that she would show forth uh, the power of my anointing and my purpose. Uh, it is you uh, that I brought from this world. I, let me tell you what God wants to do with this people. I don't know anybody. I, I know a couple of people over here. I just met Brother Sizemore. But let me tell you what I can feel God wants to do. The same thing that happened with this young lady in Michigan a couple years ago, on Sunday morning, she came up, she came up to the altar, I walked up to her to pray with her, and she said, she said, I'm so desperate for something, she said, I've tried everything, she said, I've slept around, I've tried drugs, I've tried this and that and the other, I'm so desperate for the Holy Ghost, and, and I said, well, God's going to give you the Holy Ghost, and her words were, she said, no, He's not, I said, why not, she said, because God cannot fill a lesbian with the Holy Ghost, That's what she said to me. God cannot fill a lesbian with the Holy Ghost. I asked her this question, who's lied to you? I wish I had somebody. Who lied to you? What book have you been reading? Because if you'll read what Jesus said, he said, I did not come to call those who think they're righteous. I came to save those who know that they need repentance. Listen, somebody, there's only one thing you need to know. I need Jesus. You don't need to know all the scriptures or all the songs. You don't need to know everything about the tradition of the church. But if you know, I need Jesus. I said, ma'am, if all you know is that you need repentance, he'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. It wasn't but a few moments later that she was speaking in tongues, receiving the Holy Ghost. Listen, we baptized her in Jesus' name. We came back to church that Sunday night at Brother Robert Henson's church in Michigan. Probably five or six hundred people there. And in the middle of that Sunday night red hot service, God stopped the whole thing to give tongues and interpretation and called that girl out by name. She had been filled with the Holy Ghost no more than five or six hours. And he said to her, I called you out of this darkness. I pulled you out of this world. And I filled you with my light. I filled you with my spirit. He said, but there's a world behind you that will never hear the voice of your church or the voice of your pastor unless they hear your voice first. There's vessels all over this place. <laughs> That are hindered by the voice of deception saying, there's no way God could use somebody like me. Oh yeah, God's going to pour out His Spirit upon all flesh, but I'm going to be sitting on the pew watching it from over here. No, 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 that is a lie from the pit of hell. I can feel the prophetic anointing of God in this place right now saying... It's you. It's you. Turn to somebody and say, it's you. Come on, turn to somebody and say, it's you. Come on, turn to somebody else and say, it's you. It's you God has called. It's you God has chosen. It's time for you to wake up to the revelation that God died for you. Not just to be saved, but for you to be used by the power of the Holy Ghost. Do you really want it? The only thing that separates you from my glory is your appetite and your hunger. If you are hungry, I will fill you. If you are thirsty, I will fill you. If you want it, I will give it to you, says the Lord. If you want it, I want you to move to this altar with hunger, with desperation, with thirst. If you really want it, I want you to act like you want it. If you're desperately hungry, I want you to act like it. I want you to move. I want you to respond to the word of the Lord. This is what I want us to do for just a moment. Jesus said, Jesus said, blessed. Are the, hang on just a moment. Just a moment. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's all right. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> what a powerful move of the Spirit. Hallelujah. There are tongues for interpretation. There are tongues for spiritual warfare. There are tongues of intercession. There are even tongues of worship. What's happening right now is a tongue of worship going over this place. <laughs> this is what I feel the Lord wants us to do right now. Would you just close your eyes for a moment? These are the words of Jesus. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart. Why? For they shall see God. <laughs> blessed Are the pure in heart. What's their reward? They shall see God. They shall see God. They shall see. Get that in your spirit for just a moment. They shall see God. Others will inherit the earth. (laughs) Others will inherit the kingdom. (laughs) But they, the pure in heart, will see God. I feel that word right now on me every eye closed, we're going to pray for just a moment. As I was just walking this platform, I said, God, I feel such a victory of the miraculous about to explode in this church. I feel like we're about to see divine healing like we've never seen before. I feel that the gifts of the spirit are about to spring up in vessels all over this congregation. It was happening. It was happening just a moment ago. The gifts of the Spirit are going to come to life inside of some of you, many of you. Hallelujah. I feel that this church is about to enter into a season of unprecedented harvest of people receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Every eye is closed, nobody looking around. On Sunday morning, I felt very conflicted in my spirit because I so badly in my flesh (laughs) I wanted to bring people to the front that have never received the Holy Ghost and line them up shoulder to shoulder and pray specifically for them. And the Lord said, no. He said, I so badly want to pour out my spirit on the hunger of this church. God said, I don't want you to just distinguish those that have never received it. I'm going to pour it out on everybody in this church because there is hunger in this church. Every eye's closed, nobody's looking around. But tonight, I feel the Lord telling me there's about to be a releasing of His Spirit. There's about to be a releasing of His power. There's about to be a releasing of divine healing. of People receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. There's about to be a harvest. And the Lord says, tell them what their pursuit needs to be is not for the miracle signs and wonders. But their pursuit needs to be for me. Tell them to take tonight and pray, God, search my heart. (laughs) Search my heart and try me and see if there be any wicked thing in me. I want a pure heart so that I can see you. I don't want to see a bigger church. I don't want to see a great revival. I don't want to just see miracle signs and wonders. I want to see God. I want to see God. I want to see God. I want to see your glory. I want to see God. Would you right now just begin to pray, God, search my heart. Purify my heart. Lord, if I've not been spending enough time with you, tell me what I need to turn away from. (laughs) God, if I've not been spending enough time with you in prayer and fasting and reading the word, tell me, check my spirit, show me what I need to turn aside from, God. God, show me and I'll do it, Lord, I'm ready, I'm ready for you to purify my heart. I'm ready to see God. I want to see God. I'm in a dark hour, God. I'm going through a deep valley. I'm going through a terrible storm. I'm ready to see you walk upon the water. I want to see you, God. I want to see you in the midst of my storm, standing in my boat, afraid of what might happen. I want to see God purify my heart. Purify my heart. Purify my heart. Come on, church. Let there be a spirit that makes intercession right now with groanings that cannot be uttered. Come on, pray in the Holy Ghost. 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 Come on, young men. Come on, young men. Come on, young ladies. Let the Spirit make intercession. It may have been a long time, but let the Spirit make intercession. Come on, ministers. Come on, leaders. Come on, worship singers. Come on, Sunday school teachers. Let the Spirit make intercession. Come on, prayer warriors. Come on, saints of God. Come on, elders. Let the Spirit make intercession with groanings.